Once upon a time, property rights cases rarely made national news. Sure, there was the periodic local dispute, but never a whole cloth challenge and certainly never at the national level. Over the years, maybe notably beginning with the EPA's Waters of the United States rule, federal agencies began to write rules that would directly challenge the sanctity of our country's coveted property rights. And lest we forget, especially as landlords, equally as important to land rights is contract law. It is that which protects our enterprises and assures that our life's work remains our own. We are a nation of developers, builders, and entrepreneurs. It is our laws, beginning with the Constitution, that allows opportunity. And is that opportunity that enables productivity, ingenuity, and creation. No property rights, no prosperity, no sanctity of a contract, no protections. It's times as these that it's good to remember that our nation's legislation was intentionally built to be slow in plotting. Where attention forms, great progress. It's quite brilliant, actually. I believe we'll see its greatest performance in the days ahead as we sort through the CDC's latest ruling on rents. Even with the CDC's ruling yesterday, 10 states had extended the moratorium beyond the federal ruling. Among these were California and Washington, two states in which Shea Properties, headquartered in Aliso Viejo, operates. Shea is one of our country's all-star entrepreneurial stories of drive and ingenuity. Everyone knows Shea. It's a well-diversified real estate company with over 10,000 apartment units, millions of square feet in office, industrial, and retail, and more to come with a strong pipeline for the future. Here's what you may not know. Shea began as a family-based plumbing company in 1881. That was in Portland, Oregon. Since then, this rare fourth-generation company has gone on to help build America, including the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge, the Oakland Bridge, Hoover Dam, and the list goes on. I am bedazzled to welcome Greg Anderson, Senior Vice President of Shea Properties to the show. Great to have you, Greg. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for that kind introduction and those kind words for Shea and very appropriate, thank you. Greg, you've got some scores yourself. Let's start with a bit about yourself and how you came to work with Shea. Well, I've been I've been in the real estate business for probably 40 plus years now, and uh, I've worked with companies like Forest City and uh, JPI and uh, worked on my own with the Crown Pacific Properties for a number of years. And uh, and then about uh, eight years ago, I sat down with Colin Mackin, who's the CEO of uh, of Shea Properties, and uh, we came to agreement and I joined and uh, I certainly have absolutely no regrets. It's a fabulous company. Uh, Good people, great culture, high integrity, and it's a, it's a real pleasure to. It's rare to have a fourth generation company that it works this well, but it is very well organized, runs very well, and it's 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 great to be able to speak to cities and public entities with the knowledge that you've got that backing of integrity behind you at all times. So it's a it's a pleasure to be part of this organization. Shea owns properties in California, Washington, and Colorado. At least two of those are known for being high barrier, just tough places to do business. What's the secret? Well, perseverance. <laughs> I don't think there's as much of a secret as it is that, you know, you've got to understand that process and you've got to be willing to go through significant monetary risks to get to the point where you get an entitled property. So it's uh, it's a matter of patience and and building a group of staff that has the technical ability to take you through that process, along with the 
vital consultants that you need to to get through it. So it's it's a question of patience more than anything else. California has notably had two referendums on rent control, both defeated after strong opposition by the apartment industry. What are the prospects for round three? And did the passage of the 2019 statewide rent cap law blunt the drive for rent control? Well, hard to predict. I'd love to say, yes, it's blunted that drive. Proposition 10 uh, came at us and we worked very hard to defeat it. Uh, by a 60% margin. Uh, so we thought, okay, there's no way this is happening again. And to see the same folks put together another another attack and, and um, what was it, Prop 21 more recently, but surprisingly, a slightly better than 60%. It was just, uh, they were both at about 60%, but the margin was slightly higher the second time around, so, which seems quite decisive. Um, and with the rent control uh, law in place now, you would think that would blunt it, but the people that are behind Prop 10 and Prop 21 want something far more draconian. Uh, I think the measure that was passed in California recognizes that you don't want to lay these requirements on on newer properties, so they put a limit of 15 years. Uh, I think that uh, I, I, I would be surprised if we didn't see another attempt, to be honest with you, unfortunately. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> No, <laughs> I was hoping that wouldn't be your answer. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but yeah, we're in California, so I understand. Yeah. And then today's political climate actually probably generates more energy behind that kind of a concept than in the past. Agreed. Shea builds homes in 10 states, but only operates multifamily properties in three. First, why is that? And secondly, any plans to offer rental housing in these in the other states? Well, to answer the question, you kind of have to look at the way these companies were formed under the Shea umbrella. Uh, the Shea Homes uh, predates Shea Properties. Uh, they were formed in the 60s, and as and I was not with the company in the 60s, but as I understand, the, the intent at the time was to take advantage of those smile states. And so they're in the south, southeast, and, and, and the west coast. And that was actually the intention of the company, and they organized and pursued it in that manner. Uh, Shea Properties started initially providing some some retail uh, projects for the subdivisions that were being built and then sort of became its own entity over years uh, with the purchase of the Mission Viejo company. Um, and that kind of laid a platform for the company in California. It grew in California. Um, it's a more complicated business in that these structures are very complicated and the entitlements are very complicated. So there was never the desire to spread staff elsewhere. And frankly, the rent growth numbers and the value growths in California have been really good. So there's not been the real impetus to move beyond. Uh, we are, you know, we invest ourselves. We use institutional money, on, uh, but not exclusively. Most, to, for the most part, we invest Shea money. So there, there isn't this endless capital to take us to other states. So it's it's uh it's been the returns have been good and there's been no reason for us to follow the original mandate of the housing group colorado recently implemented a law banning discrimination based on residents sources of income including housing vouchers this is something also proposed at the national level many landlords are reluctant to accept housing vouchers because of the red tape does colorado's law work and have some inspection requirements been waived well, 
I, I should, as a caveat, I want to point out that our Colorado division is run separately. Uh, so I don't run Colorado. Uh, it is, uh, when I told you about the Mission Viejo company, it also, at the same time, that same purchase, purchased uh, Acreage and Highlands Ranch. And then since we've gone on to buy additional properties up there. And so it's managed separately. But uh, my understanding is that the, 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 the marijuana industry was was experiencing some prejudice of that income source. And that was sort of the impetus that started that in, in Colorado, at least, um, getting the second hand. But nonetheless, that is my understanding. Um, so they passed that law so that there wouldn't be discrimination against different sources of income. Uh, the vouchers, I mean, to be honest with you, most of our properties uh, are too expensive for there to be vouchers presented. But I would think that at a national level, I would expect that to spread so that because we are in an era that, you know, equity and equality and those things are very important. So, you know, it, my crystal ball would say, yeah, you probably will see that spread to other states. Wow. Well, here's another one. I understand that it's more of a franchise, but maybe you could shed some light on this. I had no idea about the marijuana industry's influence. So that was enlightening. Yeah, it was for me, too, when I wanted to find out what's the reason for it. Wow. Yeah. Colorado seems to be a newsmaker these days. It recently passed a law requiring employers to advertise the salary for each open position. Has this impacted how you do business in that state? Yes, it's difficult. Uh, every single position requires it to be posted with a salary range on it. And that obviously that obviously creates a lot of problems. A lot of people see these numbers going by. It creates a lot of angst within the company. And it makes it more difficult to go out seeking other positions. I think that, uh, you know, although the range tends to be large on there, probably on purpose, because companies are just saying, well, we'll put a larger range and it won't be as obvious exactly where we're going to land. It's difficult, it's arduous, and it's it's an unfortunate ruling. But we have well, to live with it. Certainly, uh, you wouldn't be the only company that's avoiding that. Yeah. <laughs> Shea properties are low in mid-rise urban ring, with one exception, Quincy in Denver. Quincy is the luxury high-rise at the center of the city, a great showpiece, but urban. Many urban cores are suffering post-pandemic. How's Quincy faring? Very well. Uh, it has bounced back completely. We are back to where we were before the pandemic. Uh, I think, you know, Colorado suburbs have done even better, but Denver has has rebounded very very quickly we're seeing rebounds in other areas you know we're seeing a strong rebound in orange county we're starting to see a very strong rebound in, in san jose uh it's kind of starting now in seattle as well but but uh colorado bounced back very quickly and quincy's doing very well we've been tracking delinquencies through this whole thing and and they're they're very nominal at this point at quincy so there's hope what do they say? This too shall pass, good or bad. I think we're already about to get back to business as usual. It's not every day that you speak with a company with the longevity and success of Shea. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Thank you for having me. We are a nation of developers, builders, and entrepreneurs. Our greatest strength, as we've proven through the decades, or in the case of Shea over the century, is that time, economy, nor adversity is a match for the innovator, the problem solver, and the builder. The entrepreneurial spirit is alive and just looking for the next opportunity. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our show. I'm Linda Hoffman. See you on our next exciting episode of NAHB Power Hitters.